Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the DoubleClutch.ca podcast. I'm your host, Nick, managing editor of this fine establishment, and we are joined in studio today by two special guests. That's right, uh, Nathan and Imran couldn't make it today. Uh, Imran has this thing called a day job, which is a very foreign concept to us. So we're uh, joined in studio by DC founder Adi Desai and uh, DC staff writer Rushab Shah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard someone say my name quite like that. No, he's just known as Rush yeah, around these Rush. parts. Did it, that's uh, okay. Did I get the pronunciation right? Spot on, man. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, what have we got in the garage this week? Um, I think you you showed up in a very interesting looking Volkswagen electric the ID4. I did, yeah. So uh, we got the uh, VW ID4. This is the uh, this is the uh, Pro S all wheel drive trim. What's pro about it? Um, S. What's all wheel drive about it? The fact that it sends power to all four wheels. Oh, okay. That's oh, how okay. it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's perfectly whelming. So really? it's not over or underwhelming. No, it's whelming. It's simply okay. whelming. What do you feel about the two-tone paint? That thing's white and blue, yeah? I think I saw it. Inside, it's wet and blue. And, it's nice. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It, it, it kind of plays into the whole, you know, nautical theme, um, you know, white and blue. Same interior spec as the LC500 we had a few weeks ago, and I fucking love that thing. Yeah, with yeah. that yacht blue interior. Yeah. It looked really cool, yeah. yeah. And this one, it, it kind of gives off similar vibes. Hey, I think blue is coming back, isn't it? I think because, white and blue. Well, like white Definitely. and sorry, white I mean like blue, a white yeah. and blue two tone. Yeah. I think it's kind of bad because yeah. we have that Ford F two fifty King Ranch Platinum Ultimate Limited for yeah. Diesel for Men Texas Ranch Power Stroker. Oh, Cummins Duramax. <laughs> yeah. um, you know all the condom company names. But that thing is diesel. that thing's pretty like pretty awesome actually. No, it is, but it also has a nice white and blue interior. So that makes like three cars that we could say in the span of thirty seconds that had a uh, two tone white and blue leather interior. Yeah. And I should, like five years said, ago, like, nothing existed yeah, like that. I feel that. like blue interiors have always been like an old car thing. That, Like, even our personal cars, like, some of them are old. I think the first time I saw it, it was in maybe something like the BMW XM had, like, a blue interior. And I was like, oh, this like is, like... a gray-blue kind of yeah, color, yeah. Or uh, it was, like, an E-Class or something. And I said, oh, this is, like, a great shade. They've modernized 1995 Taurus Wagon Blue. Yeah, yeah. And But it looks really but nice. But it looks really it's, nice. It's, it's, it's coming back. Well, it's and nice to see something other than black in interiors. Yeah. Like... Do we think it's yeah. going to be as timeless? No. Because, like, a black or a brown or even, like, a red looks That's the great. issue, right? It's a little bit more trendy, but that being said, if you're someone that buys one of these cars, who knows? Like, you're probably going to use it for four years and then get, a, yeah. get like something I, new anyways. I right? keep thinking, like, a red would be would not age uh, all that poorly, but uh, I, I owned a car a while ago that had, a like, a Bordeaux red interior, and it was a car from model year 2001. Yeah. And I, I was like, you know what? Like, it, it, it looks cool, but... Um, what was it? The 360 Modena. Oh, that's right. Yeah, a Bordeaux red interior. Yeah, I think. Okay. I think, I think red interiors typically. But it depends well. what it's it in, right? Like if it's in a. Well, like it, really? you would have thought it looked, but like I, you look at it, it doesn't look the same. It doesn't give off the same. It's a different, very vintagey kind of allure, and yeah. it fit that car. But it's like you know what? Maybe a black or a tan would. And I hate tan interiors with a passion. But mm. like I, I don't know. There's something like a. It just something didn't sit right at times. The I first time I really started noticing white on blue interiors was when the palisade came out okay 2019 that's kind of when i first started pay, paying attention to them. i was like this is quite nice yeah still yeah. it still adds just the right 
amount of contrast while still yep. brightening up the interior. Oh, well, I think the whites and blues work well. But I, I, as you're saying, I don't know. Red is kind of an interesting thing because red's always been around. It never really went out of style. The way that they've used red, maybe. But I think that the problem is red interiors might always look good in the car, but you might outgrow the red interior. And also anything white, you have to be so careful but with like new jeans. Well, that and it, it ages poorly, right? Yeah. Like whites, tans, like they all look pretty bad pretty yeah. quickly, unfortunately. But. Yeah, I, I wore a pair of new blue jeans and got into a good friend's uh, Yukon that is brand new and has brown interior and wrecked the seats promptly. And <laughs> like Magic Eraser and a while and the detailers got it out. But uh, you should be careful, especially with white. It's a bit of a problem. Yeah. Yeah, white interior and family hall. That's weird. Um, but like the ID4 is like, it's it's just... It's just whelming. It doesn't do one thing particularly memorably. It's it's not a memorable car. It's an appliance. It's an orb. It does everything it should just fine, like most other EVs. Like, some are better than others. Um, But but isn't the ID4 supposed to be kind of quirky and different? Like, it looks like it should be, no? It does different just for the sake of being different and being stupid. Like, yeah. like, like the fucking uh, rear window switch. Switches the goddamn rear button. Oh, there's a rear button. Yeah, so there's like only the two button. switches. Yeah, no, it's two switches. So it's like those, um, the high end, like the flagship luxury sedans, like a seven series, where you have to push the R button, and then from the driver's seat controls, you can control the passenger seat. It's like that, but like with the windows, you push R, and then those switches for the seats immediately yeah, exactly. and they become your passenger seat. Exactly. See, it's not Except, a high end thing. It's like a oh, I need to save some money by yeah. removing one switch. In the ID four, and they could have just had the switch panel from a Golf or a Tiguan there or something. You go. In the ID four, it's basically a cost cutting uh, thing. That's interesting. And the the thing is with the rear button, it's not it's not even a rear button. It's one of those haptic feedback dealios. Of course. Um, and it doesn't always register your touch. So even if you like tap the rear button it doesn't always like switch to yeah rear well that's the thing i think i was talking about this with nathan it's like all of these like touch sensitive haptic feedback things were probably great when they were designing them like 10 yeah. years ago and they're like in the you know planning stages of yeah. okay what are we how are we going to modernize these interiors okay t- make everything touchscreen and then somewhere in between then and now they fell out of style and now we have to suffer for them <laughs> like, yeah that, like touchscreen and cars just doesn't work great most of the time unfortunately i have to say i'm not maybe i'm used to it by now but i'm i don't totally loathe the touch panel steering wheel controls in the id4 okay i loathe all touch panel steering wheel controls my steering wheel controls need to be accessible they need to be physical buttons if from anything from volume or the heated steering yeah. wheel switch they need to be like i need to be able to do it with gloves on yeah. i need to be able to do it without having to look at anything yeah. and like in the vehicles that i own and drive every day i want that like my fingers know where to go i yeah. want to skip a track i want to adjust any little thing yeah, it should be second nature it you needs should, to be there you have to look at it yeah that's yeah. the thing and yeah. the, and and anything like that just anything that's not that is is a straight piss off so touch controls yeah. on a steering wheel are a hard no for me yeah, I think I don't know. I'm somewhere in between. Like, I like the idea of them, and they th- like generally they look pretty sharp. But yeah, like in in terms of use, yeah, like they're frustrating most times. Yeah, and the and these stupid, like, I'm also you you used to to Volkswagen's new infotainment at this point. Like mm-hmm. like like it's not that difficult to get used to it. Um, I fully I fully think that if you've ever used a smartphone or a tablet. Um, 
at any point in your life and you've actually taken the time to like get used to VW's new system, it's pretty easy to use. It comes yeah, like yeah. like you you eventually get used to it. Uh, still not used to the volume bar, bar yeah. underneath the screen. And the, it's, is it lit now? And, no, it's not. No, see, it's not. Someone Nick, was telling I, me it was going to be, but I don't think it is. I was thinking about all the bitching that you guys have been doing, and I, I agree with you on the touch bar volume yeah. control. You know what used to have that? What was the first car to have that? When in like 2013, when Cadillac came out with Q and the ATSs and XTSs yeah. had that it, exact yeah. thing. They got rid of it. They did. They yeah. had it for a while in the Civic. Yeah. Touch bar controls? It Touch was volume a, control? A, uh, like a oh, you're right. Slider. They got rid of the volume knob. Yeah, turn into a slider. Absolutely. Yeah. And then they That's added right. the volume knob right back because yeah. they're like, oh, sorry, we screwed up. Like, yeah. this is terrible. It's yeah. funny because, like, you can still spec a base Mark 8 GTI mm-hmm. with the volume knob. <laughs> like with the pleb uh, infotainment? Yeah. Oh, and the, and the better infotainment. I see. But you never see them, yeah? They, they don't exist. You no, do not see I base don't think GTIs. Really bring them in. I've never seen. I, you no. always see like autobahns performances. Yeah. You don't see like base. It's like like seven eight years ago. You never saw like the three door GTIs. They existed. Yeah. But like you never ever see one. Yeah. The odd time you see it's like ah uh, interesting. Yeah. Also they're unsellable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really reminds me of the. It remind. It it it's an interesting. For, it, it's an interesting frame of comparison because a few months ago we also had the Audi uh, Q4 e-tron, which is basically a fancier ID4. Yeah, and that one that starts um, it it starts where the ID4 tops out. Okay, and in the Q4 you actually do get physical climate controls and physical <laughs> yeah, they're probably uh, nice switch and gear. clicky like most of the most exactly. stuff. Yeah, exactly. It, it feels nice and tactile. It feels high end. It feels quality. Yeah, so so I almost think like you know if the powertrain is basically identical and you don't care about the bells and whistles that 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 Audi adds like the fancy um, like like their virtual reality or whatever um, all the gimmicks yeah all the gimmicks their heads up display whatever if you if you don't care about about any of that shit if you're shopping for a fully loaded ID four you might be better off going going for like a base base q4 yeah i think that makes a lot of sense also like oh there's something we said about like the q4 like i think it looks a little nicer and it's a little bit overall like i think it's a better buy i know it sounds yeah. funny but like i just think that like it's it's weird to like think that about an audi yeah exactly but in terms of value it's like yeah you might actually be better off and have a better ownership experience with the audi anyway so yeah. try it out yeah yeah but that super duty is fucking huge it the is what? This week. Oh, the Ford. The Super Duty. As Nathan would say, it's Jeez. Xbox size. So, yeah. so it is actually a 2023 <laughs> or 24 um, Ford F-250 Super Duty Mega Cab, like whatever the longest, biggest like cab Super that's meant cab to fit. Whatever. It's the one that's meant to fit like five full-size Americans in it. And the long bed. American men. <laughs> large American men. Big yeah. gulps and like big, you know, uh, big gulps and uh, yeah. cup holders and uh, beers and okay, all that. Okay, actually. It's huge. A, a long tangent. bed. Speaking of cup holders, have you seen the cup holders in this thing? Yeah, they're huge. Okay, you know like <laughs> Stanley cups? Like all of like all of the girls are into these Stanley cups right now and they're walking around making a ton of noise with them. What do you mean? Like like the, the hockey, the Stanley cup? No, man. Like, the, like, like the trophy? Like the Stanley, like the mugs. You know what I'm talking about. I actually yeah. have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Well, don't worry about that. Okay. <laughs> it's not sports. Don't worry. Okay. Not that I would know but about sports. But like it's like a big metal cup. And okay. I think this is the only car that I've ever seen that can accommodate one of those things. 
Really? Have you seen the cup holder in this thing? It is no. massive. Like, it's forget huge. a big gulp. It can probably it could probably fit two big gulps in one cup holder. Like, <laughs> yeah, this thing is huge. Yeah. huge. Uh, so yeah, I had that issue. I went to Tim Hortons. I got a small ice cap, and I put it in the cup holder. Did you lose and it? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I never <laughs> he saw it again. Found it. Like he, he, it, no, I never saw it again. Yeah. Put it in. It's it's still it's, it's, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. That that truck is amazing. And there's large. and from the driver's seat, you can access seven cup holders. Jesus. So there's there's four in the like there's four uh, in the and normal place where the two would yeah. be. There's two at the back of the console. Yep. Right. And there's one in the door. Yeah. So that's seven. It's, it's, it's impressive. <laughs> uh, so uh, a, a, a big man you know, going to the construction site, you know, there, you know, he's going to have uh, seven and his, his morning beer and his afternoon coffee yeah. and his, uh, <laughs> his uh, Diet Coke. Co- you got to yeah. have the Diet Coke with lunch, you know? But that's the thing. Like, it's made for a certain demographic and it does it spectacularly well. Like, it's it's luxury for the people. It is it is the like, most luxurious truck interior I have It's got been an Alcantara headliner. Does it? But it's white. So that's the oh, other thing. I'm so like, hang dirty. on a second. Like, okay, if anyone's using this thing for actual no, 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 work, no, 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 you're no, no, out. No, 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 no. no. For actual work. I, I actually, I, I know a gentleman. He lives in north in northern Ontario, uh-huh. and he has his wife has horses. Oh. His wife has many, many horses, and they tow them. They have in a trailer. They have a the kind of truck they have a GM yeah. Denali or something yeah. version of this. Yes, yeah. Um, but it's a large Super Duty truck. But it's it's got one of those fifth wheel those goosenecks in yep. the back. Yeah. So the whole horse trailer fits in, it and it hauls their like eighteen billion horses around. <laughs> this is for that. They never get dirty when they're in it. They use this thing when they're not hauling their horse trailer. They haul they haul their big ass RV camper thing. Yeah. And that's what this truck is for. No, I get, I get what you're saying. They'll drive it from here to Florida. They'll go from here to wherever they're going. Um, they're actually in Nunavut right now. Yeah. Like, you just cannot be dirty at all in the truck. Correct. Though. Yeah. And, like, I feel like doing anything, anything truck related. You could be dirty. There's just a level the black of dirt. Interior. But this one doesn't have that. It's yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Light, light gray on blue. Uh, and- I also notice, like, I'm not the biggest, uh, I'm not the most qualified at all Uh on large super duty trucks and i would safely say none of us in this room right now are <laughs> you said but duty. what i will say <laughs> is 6.7 power stroke diesel yep. um but the the maybe it's because the bed is so long and the shocks are damped for all that well, payload have, like you know 10, yeah, all the payload to, to like yeah. lug the entire building yeah. behind it <laughs> Um, but the, the ride quality unloaded is atrocious on like well, it's thing. all over the road yeah. front end is okay because it's independent, but the rear yeah. is a solid axle, and if you hit any bump, it shudders. The whole thing. It's like secondary, yeah. tertiary, and like whatever the word quadrary equivalent of motor motions yeah. is. You hear like it's like bump, 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 bump. But it's not that. Like it's a little unsettling because like you can really feel. It feels like wheel hop. Like the, I don't really yeah. know the best way to describe what that situation is. But the the problem is, a truck like that is also a luxury vehicle. Like it also becomes kind of like someone's second car when they're not towing yeah. something. I don't know about that, Rush. Like, do you know, like, who wants like you? Conversely, you can't park this thing anywhere, right? Like, it doesn't fit in a normal size parking Any spot. Alberta. You can't take it anywhere. So what I'm saying is, someone who has this and isn't towing with it yeah, or, or isn't towing all I, I don't the time, think you're gonna be towing every not, single day for every no, single minute no, of every single I, day. I, I agree but what yeah. i'm saying is when you're not do you not just park this thing in the corner of your big ass ranch in texas and drive your yukon denali then why get this trim with all of the fittings so when you go to florida with your wife or you go to nunavut with your wife and haul your horses you're still just as comfortable and the money doesn't fucking matter isn't that isn't that why you'd get this truck i don't know i might be wrong oh fair enough i see what you're saying all i'm saying is like it could go to canadian tire when you want to yeah, but that's not the truck you yeah, take. But I if understand. you want to haul shit, yeah, sure, you take it too. Yeah, but it is pretty swag. 
Yeah, very cool. Honestly, like, <laughs> this truck has massage seats. Like, come on. Like, what pickup that's, has massage seats? That's honestly surprising. Cause, like, Heads-up display. has What else does it have? It has um, LED everything. Yep. Nathan had an X5M last week. I will say that the Ford truck has better massaging seats than the X5M did. And the X5M had, like, pelvic activation. That's very surprising. <laughs> yeah. You guys remember this? The yeah, X5M, yeah. Like, so all it's these, like, hang on a minute. So newer vehicles have uh, on their massage, like, a rolling recovery, activation, like, yeah. upper body, shoulder, lower body. Different programs. Yeah. I really, like, I noticed in going into the X5M that the first possible setting was called pelvic activation. <laughs> um, so uh, being the objective auto journalists yeah. that we are. You're not a man child. No. I, no, I, no, I, no, I clicked no. on it and I said, oh, I wonder what it it was it definitely activated his pelvis. Kind it of activated your pelvis? Well, it it was not as enjoyable an experience as I thought it would be. It was comfortable, like just just about every other car massage setting would be. Yeah. But I but it was I just enjoyed the fact that it was called pelvic activation. Interesting you mentioned that the F two fifty has better massage seats as the X five because I've always really liked the X five's massage seats. Yeah. And I wonder if they were mild in this car. There wasn't there wasn't much really? vigor to the massaging. It was like early you know like early BMW active seat, like Rush has a twenty thirteen seven fifty I daily. Oh, it and just kinda helps you like it's just like a little bit yeah. of like moving just so you don't get cramps on long yeah. drives. It's not actually a massage. Yeah. This was kind of just a little more than that. But Ford's has come a long way because initially it was like the Lincoln, the Nautiluses, and the MKX and all those. Yeah, I just think it's ridiculous that you can lumbar in and out, just push it. You can fit a truck this large (laughs) with massage seats. But it kind of, it actually absolutely makes sense because it's like, if this truck is made for hauling a trailer across the country, yeah, what would like what do you what features do you actually want? You should get massage seats. They probably feel great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I don't know, what else does it have? It has like the regular regular Ford is that a stuff. Super Cruise? No, no Super you mean, Cruise. You mean Blue Cruise, Blue guys? Cruise. Oh. Blue Cruise, Blue Cruise. No yeah. Blue Cruise is uh, GM. Oops. Uh. Okay. <laughs> I, have we had anything with Blue Cruise? I haven't had the chance to try it. But you guys have re- I haven't reviewed many cars. I don't think Blue very Cruise is time, that great, honestly. I I don't think Super Cruise is that great personally. Really? Like, everyone says it's amazing. Super Cruise is good, no. No, but you have um, to be on like certain roads to use it. Yeah. No, I've had a couple. Like yeah, I've never had a lot of success beyond just a cert like the 400 series highways not the greatest at changing lanes like i i've not had the greatest experience with super cruise my my favorite like assist systems so far are um modern mercedes with the um, yes with the with the self lane change yes. and all that so, and well, i say uh, the same thing about bmw it's like the driver assistant pro yeah that like, i was gonna say that in, was my other one and volvo, and traffic, volvo pilot yeah. assist they're all it's really like, good wow yeah, like this is really actually good. intense like this is really strangely good yeah uh, the EQE 500 we talked about last week that had um, automated lane change assist. Do you mean um, oh the EQE SUV? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah the EQE 500 SUV. Um, unrolling SUV, an unrolling product by pretty much every other by pretty much every other uh, metric. But that was the first time I actually I I actually thoroughly used uh, lane change assist mm-hmm. um, and religiously pretty much every day. Yeah, I used it. I used I used adapt- adaptive cruise even in traffic, and that lane change this was pretty fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's one of those things I don't use it often, um, but I think it might put a, a like bring us to a segue into one of the other cars that we wanted to talk about today. Um, like I've recently acquired a uh, twenty three S five eighty. Let's be um, honest, you just take it for. F- 
you just steal it from your from your dad whenever you want to drive. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> so it's it's yeah, it's my dad's car. It's kind of uh, in, it's it's part of the the family fleet now. Uh, it's a twenty three long wheelbase S five eighty formatic, and I spent a few days with it uh, a couple weeks ago. And I heard you guys. I listened to your podcast episode about that seven sixty i that you guys mm-hmm. had recently, and I mm-hmm. think that. While I, I'm going to suggest that uh, in the next few days you guys spend a little more time with that S580 um, because I think, and I might be alone here because you guys spent extensive mm-hmm. time with that 760, I think you guys are wrong. I think the S-Class is still the better car. And I had very strong opinions of the previous gen where I loved the 7 Series. Like the 16 to yeah. 22 G01 yeah. yeah. 7 Series, G02 yeah. uh, long wheelbase. Like those were great for guys like us because we're all um like we're younger we're not the actual age of you're the cash buyer for these things like my dad is in his 60s he is retired yep right like we want the dynamics we want the more athletic um body control yeah and that's one thing that the seven has always done better than the s while the s always did luxury better um i can see that and i think that i i drove that 760 that you guys had and i tried the i7 when we had it um, I think we can all agree that like the EQS is not an S class. No, it is not. And EQS that's also my... felt really cheap, like build quality right. wise. Like it was just like really yeah. like this is the best they can do. And that's the thing. Like when I like I I know that you guys had the uh, 760 and the AMG EQS around the same time yep, and yep, spent a bunch yep, of time with both. Week. And I think that when you guys were like, oh yeah, like the seven is just that much better than the S. It's because like that was the EQS. Um, spend a little more time. The only downside to this specific S class that mm-hmm. that that uh, my dad has is that it was spec. It was not. We did not get a brand new. We got it a substantial depreciated discount. Um, it was equipped with the piano. It's equipped with the piano black trim inside, mm-hmm. and that just gets disgusting really- and fingerprinty. Yeah. And it does actually make that interior look cheaper. Whereas, um, like we also have like an eighteen E three fifty in the garage, and it has like the uh, dark open pore ash uh, yeah. trim that other like a lot cheaper Mercedes have, and it looks way better. But yeah. other than that interior trim, I just want to say that like yes, the 760 is more dynamic still. It is still more athletic, but the S class is like the the four corner air ride, the body control. Um, it is like on the right side of floaty, and it's still like I drove that car. Rush, you had a Oktoberfest party, and I drove yeah. across town to it. I probably put about 600 kilometers on that thing, driving it around for a few days, all highway straight. I used the adaptive drive control. Um, all the lane change assist, the night vision, all that yeah. shit. And I came out really thinking, man, like the S-Class is still one of those driving pinnacles for Here's like, the thing, two things. luxury. I definitely agree with you. I think the S-Class is an amazing vehicle, but also you got into that S-Class for about 40 to 50K under a sticker. Oh, no, like 80K under okay, sticker. Okay, so like yeah, yeah. 80K under sticker Jesus. versus the 7. You you looked at the 7 objectively as a new car. Yeah. But I also I looked at the S. Of, no, no, no. I'm looking at the S yeah. as two, at 200, not at the... Yeah. the, the like and the, I think the S is worth every penny of 200. Yeah. Because it is honestly a, an yes. amazing vehicle. The 7, it's hard to say it is worth every penny of whatever the price tag is, close to 200, because there are some things about it, like the way it looks and some of the materials that feel a little bit like trendy here and now and not long term like even the piano black yeah sure it's not going to be something that's going to look fantastic Mm -hmm. if you don't take care of it but right now 
as it stands, that's a vehicle that's probably going to look great for 10 years and yeah. and be like a... Wait, you're a BMW fanboy through and through. I'm actually surprised to hear you say this. Yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yeah. But, like, that's the problem, right? Because, like, BMW makes fantastic chassis. Like, even my old, you know, 7, it's a 2013, and it still is, like, you can... It's. I'm not going to say it's a lively chassis, but it's, like... <laughs> Uh, it feels else, more urgent yeah. and dynamic yeah. than my Lexus right. LS of that's the, the same generation. Anything else in that generation, it's like that car still stood out as the one that's the most fun to drive and the most fun to like yeah. hoon across town and because yeah. it's comfortable, it's fast, it absorbs like the road. It just becomes super... It's like wearing a, a nice suit, right? It just feels mm-hmm. like you just put it on. Those BMWs do a really good job of en- enabling you to drive like a bag of shit. Yeah, exactly. Like they make you <laughs> exactly. drive them hard, and they feel good when you do and that. This thing, like um, my daily commute coming to the studio is like uh, 110 kilometers. It's like there's round trip, round trip. Yeah. yeah, and it's with you know with with a car like that, some days it actually just doesn't really feel like a drive at all, right? Obviously, it's like, you know, with the traffic and whatever. But Next like, time you're late or you're complaining yeah, yeah, about your you drive, go. I'm going to remind you, this this is going to be the, what I clip, yeah. But it's, it's you know, a car's ability to do, to do that force yeah. for you is, I don't think that's, under, you know, that can be understated. But getting to the point, the 760, I think, it's still a great car, but I just don't know how long it will be a great car for. And I think that makes me a little apprehensive about it. I feel like it'll certainly be a better quote-unquote car for much longer than any e- than any eqs would Definitely. at this point in time and i think like the the thing was like we had a brand new eqs yeah you know that's on the press fleet and it it was already fairly ratty well, like it was well since last <laughs> since what since when they launched we yeah. we've had three of them we've had uh ben had the eqs 580 sedan mm-hmm. i had the suv yeah and you had the um the amg, AMG EQS. you had the AMG. yeah amg which i was and, excited about because it's an amg but it's like yeah. you get in and you're like wait what well mean, meanwhile we jump into like a 15 year old e63 wagon like our friend alex yeah. has and we drive that car yeah. all the time and it still excites you and it we excites all kind of feels like it feels right like yeah. there's something about them that just feels like tightly screwed together yeah. like this is this and is we, a machine like and we all had the same complaints across all three eqs's that yeah. we've had it just does not feel like a flagship car. Yeah. And but also like I just want to touch on a point that Rush just made about like a car wanting to drive you and like you letting it drive you instead of wanting to do the drive yourself on a longer route. I just want to go and say that like I still haven't felt that way like I am we the three of us can agree cuz we all have old pieces of shit that are like vintage toys that are very analog right yeah, of course. so like for our dailies we want comfortable new stuff which yeah. Yeah. by new i mean our dailies new are R, all yeah. pushing a decade old but <laughs> even still i'm just saying that um with when it comes to the adaptive drive systems i'm very impressed with the one in the mercedes mm-hmm. like i was saying however it still doesn't make me want to let it drive me I yeah. just wanted to try it because I was I did probably 300 kilometers of the 407, our express toll yeah. route here. And it was like empty roads. I set the cruise kind of to the a safe cruising that. speed. Yeah. And then I just let it do it. I let it pull out to pass other people, um, all that kind of stuff. But I still never found I, – like I, still was, I was just watching it. I had my hands like just loosely on the wheel, feet ready to punch the pedals when I needed to. But I was just letting it drive, it, drive me. But that's more stressful for me than just driving. Yeah. Is it a trust thing for you? No, I don't think it's a trust thing. It's just like, oh, this is really cool. I'm really impressed. I'd be telling my wife, like, oh, look how cool it is. This thing is, like, driving yeah. me right now, and it's smooth and not jerky or playing Pong or, or, across, like, the, yeah. the lane markings like they, like the early systems did. But it's, it's more of, like, an impressive feat that this car can do that. 
it's cool that it can, but I don't want it to. I just feel right. more comfortable. Like I find myself when I'm driving, it's the least stressful thing I can do. It's a stress reliever. If if I'm ever having like a stressful time at, at work or I'm a little stressed out at home, whatever, I just go for a drive. I get some air. I want to be driving my car, even if it's just my boring ass Lexus yeah. and I'm driving it and sitting in traffic. That feels better to me than and dr- a car driving me or, or sitting passenger with a friend. It's not the same thing yeah. for me. I mean, I think yeah. like I got it. That makes sense, but also like if you're sitting in traffic, like like There's that BMW a, Drive System Pro, like it works flawlessly in traffic. Yeah. Where like you can literally just look out the window, straight ahead, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and and it will just do its thing. Well, and get look you there. straight ahead because if you look to your left, the camera thing yeah, yeah, watching exactly. you will yeah. bitch at you. It'll get home. super pissed off. But yeah. like what I mean is like there's a time and place for those systems, and I guess I don't know. Like they got to be good enough that you can trust them. Old people. Yeah, it's nice to have like like as our parents age. It's but it's then, nice to make sure they have shit yeah. like eyesight. And Is all it that really stuff. that impressive when you think about like when I had the Ionic Five, the self drive in that thing was like actually like substantially like better than most systems I've seen, and it's like that yeah. thing was like pretty not cheap, but it was well equipped for the price. It was like fifty five thousand dollars as tested. Yeah. Like, so what does an S class really do for you then? Well, okay, no, but if we're comparing to the drive systems, they all do it. Like a base ass whatever Corolla would come with Toyota Safety Sense. But it's not good. And then no, but I know, but it gets better at the, with every price point, yeah. But it doesn't in the case of the Hyundai. I see. You know what I mean? Hmm. Yeah, I guess. Um, or Kia. Who else I, does it? I, like Subaru's is not great. Yeah. BMWs. No, uh, Subaru's like I said, it's supposed to be really good, actually. man. I don't mind it. I, Honda's it's, is so okay. eyesight is very intrusive. It As- bings at you exactly. a lot. There's a lot aside of like from beeping the, and shit. Aside from the incessant beeping and chiming and helicopter. Can you turn that off? Over. I haven't driven one in a long time. You can't time. turn off the beeping. Like oh. it's a constant helicopter parent. Aside, if you if you were able to to tune out or turn off all the beeping, uh, then yeah, it's a pretty smooth system. It's it's pretty clever. Um, but just the beeping is just so fucking annoying. So, Even with the Forester Sport we had like a couple weeks ago. It would still beep at you when someone changed lanes in front of you and you had the adaptive cruise going. Huh. Interesting. It, it, there's no reason for it to beep so much. Yeah. And uh, then it becomes distracting. On the other yeah. side of things, Subarus that people actually care about, um, if you go on YouTube and search Subaru S201 right now, our colleague and writer, Yay! Arthur Chiang, um, has got like, he has a wicked S201 GC Impreza, I think it's a 2000. Did you even know what those were before he... No, before you met no, him? I didn't. I actually am not very well you versed on classic. Yeah, that's the yeah, thing. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not an old school Subaru fan at all. Um, I've come to appreciate the uniqueness of his car. But my point was, um, it's currently a trending video. Uh, Larry Chen shot it at Gridlife, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where Arthur was with his car, and it's a wicked like a 15 minute interview of our colleague. And you guys should definitely go check that out because mm-hmm. it's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And that car is one of 87. It's very, very cool and. And uh, you should go check it out because if you're like me and you're stupid and you don't know about these JDM specific uh, old school Imprezas, um, it is very, very much worth your time. Absolutely. Yeah. And Arthur's just a really good guy. So definitely. He, he has many snakes. <laughs> he has massive pythons. And, and that's the coolest s- part about him. Don't and try and steal your. Don't try and steal a Subaru. Yeah, and don't try to steal a Subaru. He'll yep. snakes will eat you. Stick the snakes on you. Set them loose. Um, so, Rush, as we're going, I, I got to ask you now, um, we're going to uh, put you on the spot. We're 
We're <laughs> going to the fall, mm-hmm. uh, approaching the winter. Uh, it is now getting really dark by like 530, 545. It's kind of uh, depressing, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've started putting our toys. Well, actually, I locked up my toys for the season uh, a couple days ago. Um, yeah, I was going to say, if you're putting ru- if you're putting Rush on on the spot, those are strong words coming from the guy who's stored literally all of his toys at this that point That wasn't the point I was trying to make, though. I was yeah, saying, yeah. Oh, no, 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 I have put my that. toys away. Yeah. However, um, I drove all of my cars this year, um, and I'd like to think for someone with a decently long commute, all I've seen Rush driving is his... Uh, stupid seven series, uh, which is lovely, and because it drives itself, it makes my drive feel like it's not a drive. I get it, but, yeah, uh, but here's why: you actually have a really cool toy that we actually have not talked about here. Oh yeah, I think it's because I don't really like it. Really? <laughs> Can I uh, tell I, the yeah. story of where this car came from and then go, give you a to be continued? Yeah, go for it. Um, so it was early COVID, uh, twenty twenty, I believe. Um, I was alerted by a very good friend of a, uh, I was told it was a vintage Porsche (laughs) Carrera turbo, um, with a big ass spoiler that's sitting in a bar. Okay. Like they had to use all the buzzwords to get him out of the bar. This is the thing, right? Like it was, it was a, it was a friend who was a, was a mechanic. He had worked on this car for a very long time. It was sitting in some old customer's barn um in near hamilton he said and i was telling this guy you know these old air-cooled porsches are, are, are starting to be valuable now uh he's like you, sh- you should buy this car it's pretty cool like mechanically it's pretty good yeah so like okay so i went out and uh sure enough um i met this this older gentleman and very nice guy full of stories of course this is like peak COVID, so we're wearing masks not supposed to be at anyone's houses social distancing um, but he opens up, uh, the doors and under a bunch of like tools and like furniture and like shit like that is a red, it's not a turbo. It's a 911 SC, uh, narrow body Targa, uh, with a whale tail. Um, and this guy has had it for decades. Um, he's driven it all over the place. There's, you know, Porsche club of America member. Uh, he drove it to Florida with his wife, you know, drove it to Alberta, BC, um, yeah, it's got thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it's got ancient plates on it. Had last stickered like ten years ago. Uh, okay, cool. And uh, so I made this deal. I'm like, okay, I'd never had an air cooled Porsche mm-hmm. before. Um, I bought this car. Uh, he said it doesn't run. Didn't know why. Made a deal. Um, very cheap. He knew it was very cheap because like the car could have possibly been fucked. I needed a lot of work. We didn't know, mm-hmm. right? So I want to say it was sub ten grand at the time. Uh, put it on a tow truck. Um, flatbedded it over uh and then started at a shop and started the engine it just needed a boost thing fired right up with fresh oil um sounded great uh mechanically pretty sorted pissing oil like everything um i put a bunch of time and money into it myself get it mechanically sorted um like i enjoyed it but that car left me stranded two or yeah go ahead nick that's the thing neither of you fell in love with it so for me, it was like I always wanted an air-cooled Porsche. It was yeah. one of my dream cars. At the time, um, that was all I thought I would be able to afford. I, it was a great car. Um, I bought it, but then it left me stranded on multiple occasions in the middle of the street, and then it wouldn't start again. It had to be towed. I exhausted my CA after we mechanically sorted the car. <laughs> so our like my Porsche mechanic was like, this thing is awesome. It's great. It started for him every time. He test drove it, did a bunch of things like DME, um, like little things to the motor, um, like ignition relays, random shit. Car worked perfectly yeah. for him. 
and then I'd drive it. It would be fine for me for a couple days, and then randomly in the middle of a left turn or some shit, when you <laughs> really need this thing to just work, it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, okay. And then a very close friend of mine um, was getting rid of a different air-cooled Porsche, which we'll talk about a little later. I called up my very good friend, Rush. I said, yo, didn't you tell me that the day I get rid of this thing, uh, you want it? He knew very well all the issues they had given me. He's like... Well, I was expecting, like, somewhere down the line, you know, a couple of years. But he's like, oh, this is, like, six months into... It's happening now. It. I was like, okay, uh, sure. Well, my dream air-cooled came up for exactly. me. And yeah. I was like, yo, let's, let's keep this thing in the family. So then we yeah. moved on to you. Yeah. And then... That's the thing. So I think when I got it, okay, talk about not falling in love with it, right? Yeah. So when I picked it up, it was, it, I think it was everything I would ever hope for. Because like air cooled yeah. Porsches, like there's like this mythical nature to them. It's, yep. You know, unless you experience one, you don't really know what they're like. And once I experienced it, I was like, this thing is rad. Like the way it sounded, the way it smelled, the way that it, and like for me, like old car stuff isn't really like, it's not really a turn off. A lot of people don't like it, but like. When you get out of a car smelling like gas, some people cannot stand that. But for me, mm-hmm. I'm like, whatever. It's just a part of the experience. Yeah. That being said, I think what really what really was intriguing about that car was it had lived a life before I had it, right? Yeah. So I wasn't afraid. The story. Exactly. Like, the story mm-hmm. was amazing. Had miles on it. wasn't afraid to drive it because it was like, it's not going to depreciate anymore. Like, I can go out, enjoy it, put a ton of miles on it, and just really live that, you know, that dream. That being said, you know. So then, then you actually ended up doing some body work to it, right? So I, I did smash it up. Yeah, that like I I I, did, I didn't think you were going to yeah. talk about that. I did smash. I it wasn't up. going to put you Oof, on the spot with yeah. that. My shoulders. Oof. All right, now, all right. Now, 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 now that's the area. We can make fun of you. So we smashed it up. But, okay, but let's but let's be honest. It wasn't. It was a cool type of smashing it up, right? Like the yeah. tires were shit. Right, the tire, it was on like twenty-year-old Kelly Navigators or something. Um, <laughs> the good old Kel- you, Kelly Navigators. No, no, no. Power to you. As much as we're all we all baby our cars, you're like, no, I want to put a fucking Christmas tree on it. Yeah. Uh, it, like in in a, in a snowstorm in December, I'm gonna take it out. I put a Christmas tree on it. it wasn't a snowstorm, but it was. It, it was icy it, it was and cold. snowy. It was you cold. slipped on black ice. Yeah. It was not your. It was it was a legitimate mistake. So the mistake. issue, the issue is okay. I put a Christmas tree on all my toys. Like whenever I own, I had the M5, the classic mini. They all got Christmas trees on them because it was a cool thing it was a cool fun thing to do the the porsche everything and it wasn't when i was picking up the tree here's what really gets me it was when i was coming you home, got really cool shots of the yeah, tree hours later it was you know the sun went down and the black eyes came out and we're on old summer crap tires yeah. and spun it out that being said it kind of opened up a opportunity mm-hmm. to do something with the car that i didn't think was ever possible right and i think this is this is what kind of trips me out because when the car was not perfect and when the car was 10 different shades of red, it was like, I can drive this wherever and I don't care about it. Yeah. Like, I care about it, but I don't care about, you know, the stone chips. I don't care about the, the miles. It's like, this thing was made there's, to enjoy. The, there's less mechanical sympathy to it. Yeah. When it was still a, a bit of a hoopty. Also, that car likes being driven hard. Exactly. Like, you beat through the gears. You, and you, you really need wide to. Open it has, like, 12 horsepower. Like horsepower. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, like, <clears throat> like, I think that now the... So... What we ended up doing was we took we cut the fenders off of it and we put a, um, a, a set of steel fender flares on it to replicate the nine thirty look right, and it was it was cool to me because so wide body wide body mm-hmm. yeah so it was uh, owning a wide owning an air cooled Porsche let alone a, you know a wide body air cooled Porsche was like a dream I never thought I'd be able to achieve and it's like okay like let's let's make it yeah. happen right if we have this opportunity let's do something cool with it so we put. We put some, you know, fender fl- fender fillers, uh, fender fillers on it. We put uh, 
all of the 930 stuff, so like the turbo front uh, front lip, the side skirts, and we left the whale tail, we just refinished it. And we ended up with this amazing car. Oh, and that being said, we also did custom wheels. They're like... Augment three-piece wheels. Augment mm. three-piece wheels in, in like a design that I kind of thought about. It was like a, a foosh style wheel that we cut. So it's like a racing kind of look. But they're super wide. Like the dish is huge. Like yeah, my, yeah. my huge hand barely fits on the dish. Yeah. I'm like, this thing is wicked. Like it yeah. is so cool. But it looks like nothing else. Yeah. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Like now that's in my garage and it's perfect and it looks the way it does, I'm terrified to drive it because it's like if I screw it up now. But at the end of the day, like you, it's your dream SC. Yeah. It's wide body. It's a wide body Targa. The Targa top is new. Yeah. Like I refurbed that top before you got the car. So yeah. the top's perfect. The interior was kind of a basket case before and it's not anymore. No, it like, good, yeah. like the seats are new. You've done all this neat stuff and made it your own. Man, like the the thing I like about the air cooled world is that the, every single one is so different. There's so much personalization, and like yours has your own heart, sweat, and tears in it. And yep. I think you're kind of doing yourself. So okay, here's the thing: you don't like that car anymore. I don't do like you it because love it? I don't have the. I don't. I think I do. I have this mistake of doing this to cars that I really like. Like I'll go out and buy. Like when I went and bought my first car, which is a classic mini, I paid like close to ten grand for it. And it was it was it was a great shape. It had no rust. Like the paint was okay. Like it was a nice car, and I put a lot of miles on. I put like twenty thousand kilometers on the thing in the first year. And this is like supposedly a quote unquote toy, but it was like I just drove it everywhere because I really loved it. Mm-hmm. It's also your only car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I started like doing things. I'm like, okay, let's put some like thirteen inch wheels on it. Let's put these like wide fender flares on it. I guess I have a theme here, but whatever. <laughs> like it was like a let's make it perfect, right? And I repainted yeah. the hood. Like I, I did all the mechanical stuff, and I was like, man, this thing is too perfect. I can't take it out. So then I sold it and I bought my M5. The M5 also wasn't yep. perfect. And I dumped a bunch of money into making it look perfect. <laughs> and the car's fantastic now. Now it's too perfect. I can't take it out. I'm, I'm petrified. Like, I don't know what's wrong with me, man. You're your own worst enemy. I think so. But that being said, like, the 911 is also something that I don't think I can ever get rid of because it is such a dream. Yeah. When I drive it, I still I still really enjoy it. Like, there's something yeah. about the way that it accelerates, like, when it comes onto, like, profile and it, it, it sings. Like, it, it's such a cool car. But... I think also the other flip side of the coin there is like the wheels are bigger now, like the ride quality is a little different. Like I'm, I'm afraid like you leave it, you leave it anywhere. Like I go and get like okay, we all talk about going for like an ice cream with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what if you like leave it out and someone like smashes into it? Then what? It's okay, like then, I don't know. But, but then whatever. Then you can just get another one, or you can do, you can fix it. This is the thing. It's you've you've insured it with Haggerty. It's got cherished value. Yeah. If something happens, you get money and you get your car. Like, it's insured this way for a reason, yeah? Like, I, I agree that it would take more. It would be a pain in the ass. It would be very inconvenient. It would, it would suck. Yeah. You would be heartbroken. But, like, enjoy. And this is how I feel about my cars. Like, I drive them. Like, they're in varying stages yeah, of, like... S2000 that you... You put a lot of miles I drove my yeah. You know what? I think <laughs> went through a ticket gas this season. That's is, great. Wait, did he? It, no. I did, actually. Is that not... <laughs> it, like, the, the, it went down to the light. Is that not wow. more miles than you drove your Target? Have you no, gone through more than actually, that's not being—that's not being true because I took it out. So we filmed a little documentary with it, that's which right. is actually coming out soon. Um, the, the guys at Project One, which are like a local gang of videographers, videographers, content like, creators, which is kind of cool because like the guy from Project One, like which I'm sure we'll have him on at some point. Like I met this guy in high school, and he was like filming these like random videos for like a, a charity that we're both working for. And I was like, "Yo, like you like cars?" He's like, "Yeah, I like cars." So I'm like, "Have you ever shot a car?" He's like, "No, I never have." So then we like made a video of, like my M5, my you know, Mini, and I was like. 
five years down the line, he's, like, making professional-grade videos and working with, like, Throttle House and all those great guys on these videos. And I'm like, whoa, like, this is crazy to see, like, the progression yeah. in that, right? And he's a super nice, mm. humble guy, too. Definitely. They're really good guys. So it's cool to see, like, it's cool to see that happen. And they're actually filming a video with, you know, kind of, like, the parallels in my life between flying, you know, these, like, flat, like, uh, flying, you know, air-cooled... Ah, <laughs> uh, these give me the face right now. Because, obviously, whenever I talk about flying, he's like, ah. But... <laughs> You know, flying, you know, air-cooled aircraft and, and driving air-cooled, you know, cars. cars. It's it's a kind of a, a neat parallel that not a lot of people can draw, right? And that's that's something we're, we're really lucky to do. Like, for me, like, I've, I've had a, a bunch of different weird cars, and the air-cooled Porsche is one thing that I keep telling myself that I, I, I never want to be without. I think like, your 964, though, is, like, I hate to say it, like, that's kind of, like, that's always been my peak Porsche. Mine, too. So... Like the story with that is the is I don't think we've actually talked about it on this podcast, no. but in maybe two thousand eight or nine, I went with a good friend to look at a and this friend is about fifteen years older than me, so I would have been in my late teens to pushing twenty, and he would have been in like his mid thirties. Um, and he was like, yeah, about fifty. Yeah, he was in his mid thirties, and he was like, yeah, this is great. It was a ninety one. Rest of World, so R.O.W., uh, Carrera, uh, Carrera 4, Midnight Blue, Cobalt Blue Leather, um, some very interesting... Blue and blue, there you go. Yeah, blue and blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> blue interiors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, red, uh, so, sorry, no sunroof, slick top, because that's, like, all North American cars were had sunroofs, apparently. Don't you hate the word slick top? I do, yeah. and I, I feel like such a douche for using it. Um, <laughs> and, and, he's, and listen, this car was, a, like, sub $15,000 yeah. then, right? And I had about, myself... So hold on. So, so this is yeah. so 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 he. What did your dad recommend you buy instead of that? So it wasn't that. It was I lived at home and I was going to university <laughs> and my father was paying my tuition, and I was like, "Yo, my Mazda three just got written off. Um, <laughs> Let me buy this. And I, I want <laughs> this. It's about like I I had about ten to fifteen k to spend on a car, and my dad was like, "No, no. You, you're in your mind, you stupid <laughs> idiot. Like, no, this is dumb." And he was right. But also, well, also, so my friend said, okay, no, so <laughs> that would have been yeah. my only car. But it's all-wheel drive. Okay, you could right. have got through the window. Yeah, <laughs> this, this <laughs> so my, so, so my, so my very good friend Esteban bought the car. And uh, he had it. And he had it for about 12 to 13 years. He loved the car. Kept in great. He's a hardcore car guy. Um, and then he was like, you know what? Like, so he's got a, a 308 GTS Ferrari carbed. Uh, he's got an classic old school mini. classic mini the and my car, his yeah. daily is like a 88 Volvo 240 wagon. He's like, look, I need something like kind of modern. So every time my wife and I go out somewhere nice, we don't just stink like gas, like to Russia's <laughs> point. Yeah. And he's like, I, like, why don't you, why don't I move the Porsche to you? And I'm like, I can't fucking afford this car. It's uh, pushing six figures. And he gave me, he's like, you can have it for a fraction of that. Because, you know, this car has been your dream car. Just take it. Like, he gave me a great deal. Right? Yeah. I'm not going to disclose how much, but he gave me an amazing deal. He definitely deal. hooked it up. He hooked it up because he knew I wasn't going to turn around and flip this thing. Like, no. like I would, I could have tripled or quadrupled my money in an hour, right, just with that car, but I won't. wasn't about it. No, I got the car, serviced it. It needed a couple small things over the – I've had it for two or three Quick years. I've had three <laughs> – yeah, I've had it for three years. I've put about 15,000 kilometers on it. Um, and the same amount of money. 
<laughs> no, I don't think I've put okay, much money into that car, man. Hey, if you own that thing when you're 20, it would have financially ruined you. I don't think Absolutely. we would have known you by now. No, you're right. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, you, yeah, you would have been on the street living yeah. in your Porsche. <laughs> yep. So I'm glad, you know what, I'm glad that, and somehow it's full circle because I've known the story of that car. Yeah. Um, there's, like, it was originally owned by a the Canadian diplomat to Japan who went there, got, like, took delivery at the fact, uh, sorry, took delivery in at the Porsche Center Tokyo, and then there's photos of him, like, driving it on, like, up to Mount Fuji yeah. and all this stuff, and he brought that the car back cool. with him in 94, and he sold it to Esteban in, like, 2008 or 9, whatever that was. So it's, like, there's a story to it. It's the car that I, like, lost my mind at when I was 18, 19, and I, and I just couldn't buy it then. And then I'm lucky to have it now in my collection. Like, it's on cup wheels, lowered, um, H&R springs, um, and it's, like, got the cup mirrors, cup bumpers, uh, the RS bumpers, yeah, sorry. The car looks really nice. I put the Porsche mm-hmm. Classic communication stereo in it, and just, like, little upgrades. It's very OEM plus, but that car drives so well. But I will say, like, between mine and Russia's, like, the two of us, um, we went to a Porsche open house, like a meet and there's new Porsches and old Porsche, like everything there. And I was behind him. And while he and I will agree that the 964 is like by far the mm-hmm. better driving car, right? Yeah. Like, uh, the modern G50 transmission, yeah. like it feels it's like the one I want to take out on an evening mm-hmm. drive and yeah. just, Oh, Rush, Rush literally wants to borrow that car any chance he gets, and he should. <laughs> but, like, when we were driving behind you, my wife and I were behind you, and you were in your red Targa, like, dude, everybody was staring. Yeah. And it was, like, positive. Like, what the fuck is that? That yeah. is so cool. Like, and, and that that car, I think, is special, and I am hoping you actually – he says, I'll never get rid of it. I'll have it ever. He actually tells us, like, once a week, yo, how much do you think I'd get if I sold the car? And I don't think you should, unless yeah, see, I'm totally I would only unless... sell it to get into like a nine six four. I think that's what I've come to like realize. It's like, yeah. but we already have one of those. But it's not mine. Yeah, I know. I feel but like, bad borrowing like a buddy's car. No, I is, agree. It's the same thing. It's like this is also like yeah. I understand the sentimental about sentimental value, and also like that car. It's it's hard to come by one that's that clean. So it's like, what if something happened when I had the car? But also like I just think don't the beauty... take it out. I think the beauty of it is that like there's so many amongst like the double clutch group there's so many different toy cars everything from like mint Integra Type R yeah. a new Integra Type S to like yeah, yeah, a, yeah. a 7 liter Corvette Z06 like <laughs> Arthur's S201 like Nick's beautiful 90 Miata with like oh, no yeah. mileage on it yeah. or our th- all three of our 2000 E39. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the point is, there's so much variety that, like, I I think that, like, I don't think you should replace. Sure, if you want a 964, go get a 964. But I feel like there's yeah. other cars. Like, fuck, go get a 993. Or, like, something else. I don't know. But, like, also keep this car. I think you should keep this car because think, it's Once cool. I, like, do some improvements to it, like, clean up the interior a little bit, maybe I'll, like, I don't know. I'm thinking about switching out the suspension so it feels nicer to drive. Like maybe it'll be a better car. But like also, no, it's also just amazing to look at. So is the suspension stock? I can't remember. Well, it was stock when you sold it to me. If you you haven't done anything with suspension, yeah. Oh, so it's still like shit suspension. It's like stock hmm. 1979 suspension. Worn out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That car does Slapped. ride like yeah, it does ride like shit. But whatever. There's some. But it's charm an old car. It's supposed to try. It's a ride uh, like yeah. shit. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned like uh, the 964. Financially ruining you when you had the first opportunity to buy it, because like I was, in, I was kind of in a similar boat with my M5. Yeah, yeah. In that when I was shopping around in like 2019, before the pandemic, before um, prices went nuts. Yeah. Um, 
you convinced me not to. It would have financially ruined you, which Nick. Like, I chalked oh yeah, up to. So. Like, you and I are which, very close. For, yeah, you chalked up to just me being a bitch and not wanting you to have a cool car. To, but partially. To, to before partially, you. but also, like... <laughs> no, partially, but also, like... Yeah, when, like, when did you get your M5, Ali? Uh, just after the... Just after it's the actually it's my wife's car. <laughs> Hang on. It's my wife's car. Okay, it's, okay. When did, it it come, when did it come into the family? Brand new. No, 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 no. Your oh, until like my uh, to twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. But, but hang on, guys. Like uh, I, I would yeah, just like to so say that like when these cars were single digits to low double digits, um, Nick, I like you and I are very close friends. Full disclosure. I know how much money you make. Yeah, I know what that like car would have cost me. Can Right? Because like I think that's the funniest thing. Owning an M five. Yeah. Everyone that I've met that's ha- that has one has learned how to work on cars because they have them. Now we have connections to a shop. We didn't then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And at that point, and you would have paying full friggin' pop and to full BMW prices. That car would have ruined you. And, and that's you know exactly that. it. Yeah. Um, like, the reason that I learned how to do things on cars is because, uh, like, it was a necessity. Also, I just want to make a, a valid point that, like, when these M5s are neglected... Um, I had like at full steep discounted prices and not paying anything for labor because I have very nice friends. Um, Rush helped me out with that car quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we got this E39 M5 in 2020. It was very low mileage. The body needed a detail, like a good detail, but like otherwise it was low mileage and I have service records like regular routine service records going back to 2000 however it was it sat and wasn't really driven and it mm-hmm. was stored for about three years before we got it I was twenty five thousand dollars deep yeah. into making that car as perfect as it is well, you could have bought one and also if, if it didn't if it wasn't too. sentiment like you would have just bought one that was yeah, I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think I was going to yeah. be in that deep for yeah. sure. But like, yeah. and for twenty five to thirty k, I could have bought one. Probably like now, it's it's really nice because it's also low mileage, like kind of yeah, a rare yeah. spec in carbon black. But like, you know, that's the uh, color that they sold the most of, yeah. Uh, but with that interior though, that is that is the most popular combination <laughs> of car. Then why is that interior trim super rare and worth like stupid? Oh no, money? it's not super rare. It's they stopped making them. Oh, so it's just so valuable like the Titan now. Titan line trim or whatever. Like they stopped making it, and so many cars were equipped with it that the rest of the reserves dried up. So they're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> so everyone needs this trim. No one has it." So, so it's, it's a weird because you both have silver ones, and like not like a dark, nice dark. So it's like but Indian I, dad I, racing I, silver. I put titanium silver. Both yeah. of our cars didn't come with that trim. No, no, I'm talking about the exterior. Like, yeah, yeah. while silver, like, while carbon black may be the more common color. and it Silver was the one is that, the second most common. I yeah, see. there you go. Because <laughs> you see silver <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Like, and, and, like, both your, your cars are silver. And, like, the I mean, silver's the fastest color, yeah? Yeah. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, Obviously. But all Boom. I'm saying is that, like, yeah, like, that, that, that car may have ruined you. In fact, you waited till you're a little bit older. Yeah, you're yeah. a little bit richer. You make more money now. Just as dumb. And I've, just as dumb. <laughs> absolutely just as dumb. And you got this one completely fucking sorted. Yeah, Rod bearings, chain guides, yeah. like, everything was There's done. There's still some things to it that still need to it's be done. It's never going to be perfect. Price. But, like, that's the thing. If I make it perfect, I feel like it'll... I'm I stop driving it. Exactly. Ask me I how feel I like know. I'll be in the, okay, but third, in the like, same position like, as you. Like I'm now thirty grand deep into that M5, and every now and then I'll find a tiny little dribble of oil under it. So like it happens. It's never going to be perfect. Yes, I know that yours actually Mine's has perfect, yeah. small thing. Yeah, okay. Is it? it is there any oil under yours right now? Genuinely not. Oh, okay. I don't believe you. Uh, we should go check. Okay. <laughs> we should. <laughs> yeah, we should probably uh, go check on Russia's uh, and. And my puddle underneath my empire. <laughs> let's um, compare the size of our puddles. <laughs> let's do it. Um, and on that bombshell, uh, we, we wanted to thank you all for tuning in. It's been a slice. Um, you can keep, keep tabs on our automotive ad- adventures on socials at doubleclutch.ca. Uh, and uh, we'll see you uh, We'll see you all next week. Yeah, thank you for having us. Goodbye.